Damn. I did uh, watch Enola Holmes uh, over the weekend. You did. I was hesitant to watch it upon first seeing the um, trailers, and then I have only heard good things. What is your take? Uh, the, my my only principal issue with it is that I am not ten years old. Uh, if I were ten years old, I would have watched this movie four hundred <laughs> times. And because I am not ten years old, I'm like, oh, that was nice. the 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 movie has That's not nice. the movie. It it has this one. I'm not going to spoil funny. anything. I mean, Henry Cavill is great and dashing and handsome. Uh, he looks and acts very little like Sherlock Holmes, but I almost don't care because it's Henry Cavill. Like when I want when Henry Cavill is playing Sherlock Holmes, I don't want Sherlock Holmes. I want Henry Cavill. When Henry Cavill is, you want Henry Cavill. Precisely. So. Do I want you know uh, Agent Walker in Mission Impossible Fallout? No, I really just want Henry Cavill. No. <laughs> Do I want Superman? Okay, yeah, maybe kind of, uh, but but I didn't bit. even get Henry Cavill. Like I got nothing. Um, and then uh, oh, who is it? Uh, <laughs> the Witcher. The Witcher is the one time I've seen him. Uh, really stretch he he is a he is an actor of limited scope but it really works for him he's limited in the same way that like tom cruise is limited like there's really only like one level tom one cruise. energy tom cruise does tom cruise really 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 exceptionally well. fucking well he's built he's had a 40 yeah. year career of being tom cruise and i can only wish the same <laughs> thing for henry cavill and i mean that again with okay no for disrespect. some reason it, it just inserted into my brain uh, uh a, a like a sequel to being john malkovich but it's being Tom Cruise. That, because Tom Cruise... I would watch is, it, right? It, that would be, that would be a sci-fi movie as confusing as Cloud Atlas. Indeed. And probably... Exactly. Tom, Tom Cruise is not... <laughs> yeah. um, he is not a, a human. And I don't... He is, he is a... He is the idea of drive and obsession struck by lightning and wearing a man suit. He is not a human <laughs> being. If Tom Cruise had not fallen in love with movies and had decided to instead be a coal miner, like, coal would be the dominant industry of America to this day. He is just so... He is the... the To quote Alec Baldwin in Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, he is the very manifestation of destiny. Like, he... Is he can will himself to do anything. If you listen, if you read anything about his family life, he is non-existent because he only cares about two things, movies and the process of baking movies and Scientology. And if you do not factor into those two worlds, he does not care. <laughs> he cannot care less about anything that is not those two things. But Almost no one is better at those two things than Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise, the best, the absolute best at Scientology. He's, you heard it here I mean, first. Though. Can you counter examples? <laughs> I dare. Leo Remini? Mean, Jason Lee? No. Elrod Hubbard, the guy that came up with Scientology, but Elrod Hubbard. <laughs> do you know do you, Jace, do you know his name? Elrod Hubbard. Do you, do you Elrod. know Tom Cruise's name? Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise is already better at Scientology. <laughs> 
God, t- shit. <laughs> you, you were so confused for a second. I was like, didn't I just say it? Tom Cruise has recruited more people to Scientology than L. Ron Hubbard. I will I will back up okay, that statistic right, with it. nothing. I get it. I understand. <laughs> Mistakes have been made. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. I just shut up. Now. We have we have found out like <laughs> officially that Tom Cruise is going to be the first person to film a fiction movie in space, <laughs> like entirely in space, dude. Because he, that's fucking rad. Because he believes himself. Wait, yeah, absolutely. So he, it was the it was just approved. Very, very recently, around the same time that Mission Impossible 7, like, began filming, obviously well after they had planned to, that we found out that Tom Cruise is indeed going to, like, he he and his production partners are going to be the first people to film a movie in space. And you better believe he is going to star Um, in the movie and is going to live in space for a month or six months or however long it takes him. Yeah, and he's going to see L. Ron Hubbard in the the Aurora Borealis. Sorry, the David... The Aurora Boreanis. The David Boreanis. Bless you. (laughs) He's he's going to bring his pals. David Boreanis. How do you have that movie with more than one actor? Like, where... It might not be more than one actor. It might be. So it's just going to be a one-man show. You know what? Is it a feature? Yeah. Have you seen Gravity? Yeah. But that's a good movie, and it's basically not done in space. space. No, they'll do that in space. (laughs) The Tom Cruise is essentially going to remake Gravity with like him, you know, his character's hanging off the side of the space station. He's being pelted by space debris. He's floating off into into the blackness of space, and you do not know exactly. But he's going to do it for real. But he's going to do it. He is going to fucking strap a little hose on his dang body, and he's going to hang off the side of a space shuttle, and and he will either he will either absolutely die or he (laughs) will have made a bargain with the the universal power and will be beyond death he will he will be the first person to to overcome death he will he will if he pulls off the stunt that is actually the real world example of how you get the soul stone and then he'll come back with the full infinity gun. Tom Cruise saw Infinity War and he's like, we're going to Vermeer. Yo, to be completely honest, if this, if, you know, if it's Tom Cruise doing his own stunts in space, he's going to be in a death defying situation where they have to do something to save him. And then he's going to be like, no, and save himself. You can't save yourself in space. He's go. If he have you seen the Martian? He's gonna poke a hole in his glove and fly back to the station. Even though I don't know if that like science checks out, it will check out for Tom. It will check out for Tom. (laughs) Science changes for Tom. He's a Scientologist. Goddammit, he is beyond (laughs) your simple Isaac Newton, your simple rudimentary facets of physics or how objects move in a zero g space. He is going to overcome oh. the vacuum of space, and he will be. I mean, it's the oh, it is the natural progression <laughs> of the path he's on, right? Because Tom Cruise, I mean, yeah, no, look, it clearly makes sense yeah. for Tom Cruise to do this. If you had suggested I, to me it, anyone else was going to do this, 
I would say it would never happen, right? If you tell me like Ryan Reynolds has secured the rights, I thought it was a joke, and then you said, and then I realized you said Tom Cruise, and I was like, oh, wait, this might not be a joke, and then I went, wait, are you serious? (laughs) Oh, and then you were like, yes, I'm serious, and I was like, Tom Cruise's inner monologue is like puny humans and their reliance on the laws of physics. Why didn't we get Tom Cruise to play the Incredible Hulk? God, that would because he's six. He's six inches tall. Right. Yeah. He's he's knee high to a grasshopper. He's he's three apples tall. Uh, and and it. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Mark Ruffalo is a brilliant, if not perfect, casting. So yeah, he's Ruffalo's great. Brother. Ruffalo has made that character like a beloved character uh, that we that we all uh, uh, enjoy. Because the other, I have a sort of soft spot for the other Hulk movies. I think they are noble failures. Yeah, Ruffalo is the first no, one to like Hulk's make okay. it. Work. Edward Norton's Hulk is Nor- Edward Norton. We don't talk about Edward. Norton. I mean, it's a little uh, very boring. But Ang Lee's Hulk, I think, is like a really noble failure. I don't er- think Eric it. Bannis, Eric Bannon was a good I choice. I think it too. kind of rules, interesting... but it also doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I would love for the next Spider Man to have him go to fucking college and meet Oz. Well, he can't really go to college because he's. To get more knowledge? Spider Man now. But, but he needs to meet uh, Harry Osborne. <laughs> Desperately. He needs to go to college with Reed Richards. You said that one time, and that broke my freaking brain. That sounds good. Yes, but I mean, be friends with Harry Osborne in Reed Richards' class. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. For sure. Yes. I, I want that. Uh, uh, Kevin Feige, if you're listening, do it. Well, yeah, and the... We know um, Kevin Feige's listening. All of the Kevin's listening to He obviously to is. Podcasts. He listens every, every absolutely. week. I mean, he is obviously a huge fucking community fan, uh, because... The the <laughs> cast and crew of Community have fucking set the template for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and and I mean, they look, have the Russo brothers, and they keep know, getting the Russo brothers. Uh, there is a Disney Plus original Marvel show, and two episodes are directed by Gillian Jacobs and Allison Brie. Like they are not going to stop pulling right, exactly. from this incredible well of talent. Um, you know, Allison Brie was runner up for for Agent Thirteen in Winter Soldier. And we've we've been talking about it. And Tom, the the character that Tom Cruise should have played in the in a Marvel universe, but the time has long elapsed, is Mister Fantastic. Mm. They are two characters defined by their rigidity, their drive, their obsession. It it is the the uh, perfect answer. <laughs> and also, you can make him stretch. And you can make him stretch. He can be a big boy now. He can finally be He's a big boy. man. He go from there to there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but that, that time has long since elapsed. Also, if you cast Jonathan Majors as Kang, it seems like the Fantastic Four are not going to be Lily White, uh, which sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, let's... I hope that they... Yeah, I... Uh, that, more of that, please. More of that, please. Yo, Let's do that. I was having a conversation about this, and uh, DC has been making content. <clears throat> it's content, content. and um, <laughs> and the th- the thing that's frustrating about it is like their diversity and the way that they make sure, like th- their representation is fire. Like they are on it. They're on the wave. They're putting in the work. In a lot of circumstances, they're they're not perfect, but still, like they are significantly better at this representation game than marvel is right now and i know marvel is making a turn and like getting better at it especially with some of the new disney plus tv shows but it's still i'm like y'all come on do it like you you've got you've got the source material you can do whatever you want do it 
you know? Uh, and I, I hope it's... that when the, the, the success will come for me, and I am what I am, when they finally do make them X-Men movies... You yeah. got yeah. and the X Men are already like far more diverse than say the Avengers. I want it all over. I like let's take let's make it all a, a multiracial, multi any gender, gender non specific. That is in key with what the X Men trans are. mutants. Exactly. Like let's fucking go. Yeah, and that is give me a mutant that gender flips. Like I will play that role. <laughs> I will do it. Yeah. Uh, no, Scarlett Johansson will play that role. La, 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 Don't la, even la. joke because you know she'll take it. Yeah, that's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that is Ooh. that is my great hope is that when that comes out, it's not just a bunch of white people and you know, and then Storm and then Psylocke. You know, I I want it to be yeah, right. as a fucking Rainbow Coalition multi everything as possible because mm-hmm. that is what that is, they've always stood in. That's what they represent. That. That's so let's actually that. put it on. They've been the a metaphor page. for queer folks. They've been a metaphor for the civil rights movement. They they always represent marginalized communities, and if yeah. they freaking mm, anyway, yeah. Um, I'm real stoked for WandaVision. We still don't know too much. I just I just I I need some. I need, I need something to distract me from this hell we live in. Video games are good for that, I find. They're very good. Mm. They're, they're, mm. I've gotten back into Red that? Dead Redemption, which is something, but goddamn, that game gets my cowboy rocks off. Um, Red, De- Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 1 or 2? Two. 2. I'm playing Red Dead Redemption 2 online with my friends. We have a moonshine operation and a speakeasy and a band, and you can play in the band and drink Caribbean Island rum moonshine that I made. It's fucking great. And if you drink enough, you can get into slapbox fights. It's hilarious. Speaking of cowpokes, this is, of course, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we talk about the American television com- uh, comedy community, one or two episodes. The one of the American television comedy community. Um, I am one of your hosts, uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I got Coldplay tickets. <laughs> Hey everybody, how you doing? I'm back! My name's Jace, I use they, them pronouns, but for this episode, you can refer to me as Pistol Patty. <laughs> uh, and I'm the daddy host, and though many people don't know this, I have been called before an unstoppable juggle knob. <laughs> That's a paradox. <laughs> I agree! Speaking Do disagree. Me. Easy paradox. <laughs> <laughs> that is my one of my favorite weird, bizarre, one-shot characters on community is paradox he you only see him he once never appears again i love Which this one? guy wait who in um paradox. in the second episode when they're meeting in the anthropology classroom someone when troy says like they're an unstoppable juggle knob juggernaut juggernaut magnitude is one man party <laughs> and a one-man party can't be in alliance that's a paradox i agree to disagree easy paradox easy paradox <laughs> Um, an exceptional bit you know these are these are some jam-packed fucking episodes y'all do we just dive in i don't have any orders of business do we yeah do we do do we do it in order are we restricting like one and then the other or are we just like all hands on deck just go for whatever i say we still talk about it one episode at a time because though it is a two-parter they are still two distinct episodes with distinct feels and their own internal plot lines um, yes, so I say sure. I say we stick with that, and we will also rank them yep. separately. But Hopefully my tiny anxiety brain will be able to distinguish the two episodes from each other, because we shall see. They, <laughs> we shall see. And we shall begin with 
Season 2, Episode 23, A Fistful of Paintballs. Directed by Great Joe title. Russo. Written by Andrew Guest. Paintball once again comes to Greendale as our study group finally comes to blows with Pierce Hawthorne as a mysterious black rider sweeps across Greendale. It's like network TV, handsome. Oh my god, it's so... <laughs> I, you know, sometimes community just casts people for me. I feel like they were targeting me. You know, uh, your your Walton Goggins, uh, just these, the uh, Paget Brewster and Keith David, and, and yeah. Josh Holloway as the Black Rider is absolutely at the top of that list. I'm like, why did you call me and ask who should play this character? <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. He's got the Western, very good. He's got the Western cowboy good. chin. Yeah, the, the Western it, cowboy chin. There is chin. You're so right. There is a chin, you know? It's it's important to the cowboy look. Okay, off the top, off the bat, can we just say this is these actors in these costumes are the best anyone has ever looked. They all look fucking they're really good costumes. These are good costumes. These are good costumes that are like they're each a play off a different western movie or western trope. They are each specifically mm. and beautifully applied to each character. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Jeff is wearing his Halloween costume from season one. Troy is dressed as Cleavon oh, yeah. Little from Blazing Saddles. <laughs> um, Annie in this fucking first episode is the fucking coolest anyone has ever been. She's She's really so cool, oh, just that opening sequence with her just taking out those guys from the Christmas episode where they fight. Oh, yeah. what, what are they? If you weren't a girl, I'd shove my fist so far up your balls right now. <laughs> Easy, Christina so Ricci. Uh, Christina Ricci. We, we played Dungeons & Dragons together. It's the coolest anyone yeah. has ever been. And, like, the fucking title cards they slap on everyone, like, Queen of Hearts. Yeah. She's the only one in the red font, which, like, all of this seems like just a cool little bit but the way it builds to the ultimate like it revelation that it builds to this fucking uh, pistols at dawn with pierce like it's the the duel yeah it's oh. this episode really 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 nails the tension like this this show does tension so well but this episode oh man you know just good. like especially toward the end shouldn't make a hiccup. See, whenever I get excited, I tell you. You know an episode's like, good when Jace gets the hiccups. I get the hiccups. I just get so excited. I don't know. But like, You're like a drunk end, in an old cartoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bubbles are coming I out am. of you. Yeah. <laughs> but like, literally, just like, to, just, you know, the show every once in a while does these build-ups where then, like, the release is the lack of a release, and you're like, oh, shit. And that's what this episode does. You know? You're, like, expecting this thing, and then there's just this, like, tension. They just leave you in it, and you're just like, whoa. Or is that the end? Am I thinking of the end of this part two? Um, there's both, I think, because you get left yeah, in this, I mean, like, both, exquisite place. True. In it, the first episode ends with the group's relationship to Pierce being in like a really precipitous place as we also reveal the ultimate plan of um, Pistol Patty. Like the stormtroopers unload from the fucking truck. Um, yeah, and then, and then we get a trailer for the next episode. Which is brilliant. A brilliant way for them to be able to transition from the Western to the Star Wars. Like executed well, bizarre, you know, but. It, it works somehow like Frankly, you don't yeah 
I'm glad they do do the switch because I fucking adore. <laughs> you said doo doo. Eh, um, I I adore the Western aesthetic they pull off in this episode. Like it is absolutely phenomenal. Like the red lights that they're pumping through every window. The the addition of like Josh Holloway, the bad cowboy. Like every the music, the title. Don't they start a bonfire in the freaking um the bonfire. Uh, yeah. The fucking (laughs) Pierce's saloon, Miguel giving them fruit, like, like it's Starburst with the sheriff's star on his shirt. Just a great, just another star illusion. I just, you know, good stuff. (laughs) It's good. It's so exquisitely done. And I'm glad they didn't feel the need to stretch it to another episode. Um, because then you have everyone kind of like half wearing their Western costumes in the next episode and have like fully transitioned to like a Star Wars motif. And I am not the biggest like Star Wars fan in the world. They don't go like super heavy on it. It's like Abed is Han Solo, but we're not getting every version of like like, the TIE fighter. Yeah. And the Stormtroopers. That's like it. It's still very loose. That's good. They do the best moment of the original Star Wars where, like, all hope is lost, Britta thinks she's on her own, and then Shirley rolls up like Han Solo at the end of the first movie. Um, like, get in, you know, kid, finish it, uh, and it's it's yeah, a really yeah. good fucking... They don't overblow my the favorite, Star Wars. My favorite exchange from the first episode is actually not the opening, but the the part that comes immediately after where she's back in her, in her hideout, and the bell rings, and all of a sudden Abed's behind her. And, like, just that exchange of, like, surely you wouldn't shoot an unarmed man. And she's like, depends on if you're eating my beans. And he's like, well, then I guess it's good that I'm not unarmed, seeing as I'm eating your beans. beans. Like, it's such a good, (laughs) such a fucking good exchange. Danny fucking like That would would work in, like, a spaghetti western. Right? That would just work in a western. Yeah, like, any time they do one of these pastiche episodes, it's like, I... You feel like you're transported into a different series almost. You're like, I know these characters, but they're in a completely different scenario. And, like, the way that they they shoot it, the way that they record it, the lines, all of it is in a totally different genre. And it feels like you're, like, straight, like, it feels like you're watching a movie, which is so exciting, especially when there's so many TV shows where they've gotten so damn formulaic that you know exactly what's going to happen. Sure all the time and in this yeah. show it's the exact opposite of that it's just like you come into this episode and you're like am i watching a am i watching a movie like literally any dropping down in the background of a scene silently oh like just so perfect, perfect. It's so good and it's, it's exquisite like, oh my gosh and i i love that we get like a little tiny return of the bullies from the christmas episode that rules you know just adding to the, like the little textures of this world um yeah it's, it's all anthony michael hall uh yeah anthony michael hall um yeah. old, old breakfast club it also establishes it's like there are these these are these characters that like you you without having to do any of this extra work we're provided with the opening of like these are the bad guys right and like there's good right. guys and bad guys in a western without having to establish through exposition of any type that you know 
Well, this gang's been taking over our small town, and we're just trying to get back to some peace and order, but the sheriff's gone! And they just, right. the way that they can establish that kind of dynamic <laughs> by just bringing back these... I wish they'd done that, though. I mean, well, that been if they brought in this guy who's in all the westerns and all the Disney cartoons, and he was yeah. talking, he's in Back to the Future 3 and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he's everywhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I comp- the only thing that would make these episodes better, and specifically the first episode, is if fucking Sam Elliott had shown up at any point. Sure, right. Instead of, that I think, been like, yeah, sure, yeah, um, yes, for sure, because it could have been because the I think the the place where you can slot that in is the Black Rider, and I think you know Josh Holloway. This is a year after Lost ends, so this is like kind of a perfect like. Let me come in, yeah. steal the show for an episode, and then leave, get out of Dodge forever. I mean, honestly, if Pierce oh, had so left lost. at the end of this season, they could have put Josh Holloway in that seat, and I would have been fucking happy as a clam. You know, uh, I think yeah. he has this very dry comedic timing. He had it on Lost. He's the best character on Lost. Uh, Sawyer is incredible, and his arc is unbelievable. Oh, and, thanks. And and he can just call, ha ha, <laughs> Caleb Sawyer. I get it. I get it. Um, yeah, but you had to say it out loud uh, just to make sure everyone else knew you. I had to make it. sure oh the God, audience and <laughs> the audience and our co-host <laughs> made sure that they got it. I'm glad we're so. I'm glad we're so close, Jace, that You forgot my name. Hey, look, I know you are Papa. You. <laughs> you are the daddy host. You are Papa. Hmm? What? You are, your is name is not Caleb. You are Papa. <laughs> you are Daddy. Yeah, I am Papa. I am Caleb, the Daddy host. That those are your three names. Right. Exactly. I mean, Sawyer doesn't Caleb, usually come up in your big. The Daddy uh, being the middle name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, but that's good. And this could have been. I mean, this part could have been Sam Elliott. I think you would have lost the sexual tension with Annie if it's Sam Elliott. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, there would have just been sexual tension with Britta though. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, okay, hold on. I have to go write a script for Sam Elliott <laughs> and fucking Gillian Jacobs. Oh my god. He's like, um, in fan fiction, I am not sleeping tonight. Opening baby. up AO3.com. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's that. It could have been, this is about the right time where you could have done Timothy Oliphant, because uh, this Oliphant? is like, this is Deadwood and Justified era. Oh, yeah. Uh, Oliphant. Yeah. He would have fucking destroyed this part. And he also has like exquisite oh, comedic Ian McShane? timing. Oh, my God. Ian McShane? Oh, very different performance. Still would have been good. Still would have yes. been fucking good. Because then he could have butt heads with Pierce specifically. Right. Uh, Timothy Oliphant has uh, just an unbelievable comedic cameo in the final season of The Good Place. Just for anyone that either oh, hasn't stop. watched I'm, it. I'm watching that show and I okay. didn't know that. Yeah, I will not. He's, he's in an episode. I, That's all you need to do. That's awesome. I, straight up, I have been waiting for the full season to be released because it's all on I, Netflix something was now, going on no. when it was airing and I missed the few first few episodes and when I went on to like, because like Hulu would release like one episode at a time, but yeah. like they would only keep like four episodes up. So by the time I went to watch it, the first episodes were gone, and I couldn't find it, so I had to wait for the whole thing to get released. I'm so stoked because I freaking love that show. I freaking love it. Yeah, it's so good. good. It's on Netflix now, baby. I know. It's so good. I know. Yeah, uh, it's it's excellent. It's uh, mm, probably my favorite show of the last, like, I don't know, four years that it was on. Like, just, yep. just a really yep. great uh, piece of work, and everyone should uh, yep. go check it out. Uh, you'll have to wait yep, a few yep, seasons I, for I Timothy Oliphant, but you know. But yeah, it's it. So there's enough, a bunch of people that could have done it. I like this is the beginning for me of a trend that gets really heavy as Community goes on. Of you know exactly what show 
Dan Harmon was watching when they were working on these episodes because of who is in it. Because you start getting, you know, Dan Harmon obviously watched The Wire uh, between seasons of Community and suddenly, like, Wire cast members start flooding in. The Breaking Bad shit starts next season as well. Dan Harmon fucking loves Breaking Bad. Like, half of the cast of Breaking Bad is on Community. Um, it's it's just this, you always know what TV show he was watching because the yeah. guest stars start rolling in. But anyway, um, yeah, what a, what a fucking just unbelievable piece of work. Like, I love Modern Warfare, obviously. Who the hell doesn't? But they... I mean, I, the part that... Go ahead, sorry. But because <laughs> they've done this all before, now they have the confidence, now they have the, like, okay, we've done it, now let's fucking do it. Let's fucking blow it out with these two episodes and take it into the stratosphere. And yeah. I, I just, I admire so much the fucking cajones it takes to make these episodes. Yeah, I was some gas on that far. <laughs> Can I get Western Jace every episode? Well, yeah, I could do that for you, sure. Let me tell you a little cowpoke tale about Greenville sure Community College. I tell you, I, I, I tell you what. I play Red Dead oh, enough. Shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, wood. John Musk. <laughs> I play Red Dead enough, and I Arthur, my Arthur Morgan just spills out. It's great. Absolutely, I love it's it. great. I've so had, like, you uh, want to go do a bounty, and I'm like, man, nah, I reckon. I reckon. Reckon <laughs> yeah. uh, so. Sure. I I've played the first Red Dead a couple times. I've had Red Dead Two sitting on my shelf for like about a year Ugh. now, and I'm just like, I need. Just, just like I'm waiting, and then the time will be right, and then I'll just plow through it in like a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Red Dead want... One is like a cultural stepstone for I think video games because it was this like, hey, we can tell a story in a period not many people think video games can do well. Yeah, it's one of my it well. um, five favorite games of all time. <laughs> the original red dead so i'm almost scared yeah we're gonna make you really like a guy that's kind of despicable but trying to do his best and then red dead 2 comes out and i'm like you don't get to play as john marston and then they make me care so much about arthur that i don't care about john marston anymore okay all right i will red dead 2 is very good and it's emotional and when it when when that game wraps it's like well, fuck. It's, oh, I, it's so good. I, it's so good. When I, hear, when I hear Red Dead, the first thing that comes to mind is In Living Color. And um, <laughs> that's all I really have to say about that. Okay, okay. great. <laughs> thanks thanks for your input. Uh, <laughs> Not because they're related, but because the names are complete opposites. You know, it's like Red Dead and Living Color. Sure, the color is alive on <laughs> sketch comedy the of the 90s. The 90s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That, I just got that. There we go. I was like, there how are they go. the opposite? Star. But it's because the red's dead, but the color's living. I get it. It's In Living Color <laughs> featuring Jamie Foxx. <laughs> 14 Wayans Brothers and Jim Carrey? James? No, he's still <laughs> James, James at this point. Carey. James Carrey. You're right. It was James. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Which is hysterical. I remember first time I was like, oh, yeah, Jim Carrey was on In Living Color. And then I watched a full episode and I saw the credits and I went, James? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> you? <James? laughs> it's like uh, when you go James? back and you watch like 
uh, uh, movies of several decades ago, and uh, the man bills himself as Larry Fishburne instead of Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> You're like, Larry Fishburne? Oh, Larry. I did not know. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, when he was like Cowboy Bill or whatever on, on Pee-wee's Playhouse, he's Larry. And then after Pee-wee's ends, he's like, I need to become a man. Someone I need people else. to take me <laughs> I seriously. I distance myself from this guy. So I am Lawrence now. <laughs> I, Lawrence. I am Lawrence I am Lawrence. And you know Get what? I don't regret him a second for that. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne is the fucking man. <laughs> he rules. Somebody <laughs> please get this man a gun. <laughs> oh. John, yeah. John Wick's incredible if you haven't seen it. Do yourself a favor. I <laughs> have not seen any of them. I do not like looking at guns right now, but I know it's something that I like absolutely yeah. need to see uh, at yeah. some point. It's very good. Um, it, wa- if it's any is... consolation, mm-hmm. when you get to the third one, he kills a lot of people with things that aren't guns, and cool. one of those things is dogs, I love and it's that. great. That's something I really Holly like Harry about... Cat dogs, and it's really good. <laughs> That's something I really like yeah. about Jackie Chan movies. Uh, where he is explicitly not killing people with guns. He is, like, pushing... Killing them with everything else. Yeah, killing them with ladders, with hats. And some string. Let's uh, let's see what we can do here. There's an incredible fight scene. I think it's police story, but he fights... A whole floor of people with ladders, yep. and not like yep. step ladders with full eleven foot ladders. It's yeah, and he's just incredible. like whipping them around his shoulders, and it's just it's the it, everyone go treat your damn self. Go watch some damn Jackie Chan movies. I'm sure some of them are. Go watch some y'all remember Chinese Jackie Chan movies. Yes, exactly. So, thank you. Yes. Because the American... Okay, there was this problem with American Jackie Chan movies. I know we're talking about a Western episode of Community, but there was this problem with American Jackie Chan movies (laughs) where (laughs) where studio executives did not believe that American audiences would accept that Jackie Chan is just that good at kicking. So there always needed to be a magic medallion, a super tech tuxedo. Like, all, they always needed to add something to explain why he's good Mm. at fighting. He couldn't just be good at fighting. He couldn't just be, like, the drunken master, and he just gets really good at fighting when he's drunk. He had to be magic. Yeah. Also, also American movies just have a really, really, really serious problem with filming action. Because most American actors can't be bothered to actually learn how to do their own stunts. And so when you do scenes where you have to make it clear Gamora is fighting her sister, mm-hmm. you cut every time contact happens. Yeah. And it just leads to these really dull, really bland fight scenes. It's even bad in the beginning of Captain Marvel where Carol Danvers is fighting with uh, fuck, her dude, Jan Rog. Jude Law? Her, Jude Law's character, Jan Rog. Yeah, Jan Rog. Yeah, Jan Rog. Uh, that fight scene, there's a lot of times where it's like, pop, 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 and it's a camera cut every fucking time. And then you watch a Chinese-directed Jackie Chan movie. Uh-huh. And it's like, you see contact, they slow-mo on actual hit contact. Like it, There's a reason those fights look better. They're wide shots, they're stationary, or they're tracking, they're not cuts. It's well, I was, I'm just The thing that comes to mind for me... Uh, as, insofar as like American superhero movies is the, the new trailer for the Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson Batman, where he just Robert plows into Ugh. this freaking guy, just no cuts, just yeah. bang, yeah. bang, yeah. bang, and everybody goes, what? What? That's what, that. That's what I was sold on that movie, Jace. I was watching yeah. that trailer like, all right, all right, and then he beats the life out of somebody, and I was like, 
That's Batman. Right. <laughs> the guy and who just beats Early Batman. Him. Early Batman. Still finding his moral ground. Still figuring out his vibe. And, yeah. and they finally gave him black eye paint. Yes, yes. He had black eye paint in the Nolan movies, just not when he took his mask. Like, he would have yeah, black eye paint, and then if he took his mask off, it wasn't there yeah. anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's a like really noticeable do... scene in the Michael Keaton Batman where, uh, mm -hmm. yes, I know exactly. What's her nuts shows up, and you can, uh -huh. it cuts away, and then it cuts to him taking his mask off, and you can see for a second what a mask looks like without eye black. And it's like, what? That wasn't there last time. And then yeah. the mask is gone. You don't think about it. Batman, um, you'll never catch me. I'm what's her nuts. <laughs> uh, but I, I one, one tiny little thing about American action movies, and then we'll get back to uh, these two episodes of Community, which I think have really tricks. good uh, action in them, where part of the problem, because we've mentioned uh, actors, and I don't think it's all that, like, Zoe Saldana doesn't want to learn combat, you know, because I, I think she does, you know. Um, but part of the issue is that the American production pipeline for these movies does not afford action scenes the amount of proper time that they need to pull mm. off proper contact. Where, you, mm. if you listen to Jackie Chan talk about it, Jackie Chan will tell you, because he also, like, basically directed all of his movies. Sometimes yeah. they had a month to film a fight scene, because yeah. you like, needed... Over and over and over and you, over again. You know, if you have a shot of Jackie Chan running down an alley, there's a car coming at him, and he jumps up the wall and lands on the car, there's no cuts. You're watching him do that, right? And so they had to do it until they got it right. And and right. The, the Chinese film Pipeline, at the time allowed for that that's why that shit is legendary because they like actually put in the effort to get those physical contact fights right um and mm -hmm. and make them look good and capture it in the camera because even i don't think most american audiences are conscious of when they're watching avengers one and and scarlett johansson is like flipping a chair on a dude and kicking into a guy they're not conscious that they're not seeing contact but uh, you didn't notice, but your brain did. And your brain, like, right. you're like, something about this, even though it's cool and flashy. Yeah, they do. It's, it's, it's still not the same. It, they do better than some other films do. Like, they, as far as being able to pull off in, with an efficiency, the never showing contact, but still making it flow well, Marvel's right. quite good at that. And they get, but like, and they get better as well. Like, Winter true. Soldier's fight scenes are excellent. But yeah. they're also long shots in a lot of cases. They're, just they're excellent the for Marvel movies. I think it right. has all the sure. same problems, yes. but it has a few moments where those problems are less present. The most superhero movies also are weird because like Iron Man's not doing like hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know, Iron right. Man is shooting a guy with a laser usually. Um, so it's a little different but i think winter soldier is probably the best i mean Isn't i hope that also if they don't pull this off for fucking shang chi i'll be actually upset like, shang, shang chi's chinese directed chinese acted he, like there's he no needs, reason for a chinese directed chinese acted kung fu movie not to be fucking great i don't i don't think you can do effectively do a kung fu movie without giving the media because it's 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 it's, 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 huh, it's an entire genre of film in itself basically Absolutely. so like it's oh, not just action not, it's a specific version of action movies right and but to not to not give it the time 
do would just be it would just be such a weird choice it wouldn't make any sense it is yeah, the be difference between the daredevil tv show and the iron fist tv show right oh that, like, my god that Damn. in daredevil like they're doing the long takes thing. he's actually hitting men in the face and kicking them into doors and it looks much better it's still like a tv action show but like they they did put the extra mile into a lot of the action sequences Mm -hmm. in at least the first season of daredevil and then if you watch iron fist he like never is in the same room as another person (laughs) like it's just i mean there's a scene in the first season of iron fist where they find found footage of the previous iron fist fighting in the japanese woods in world war ii and that grainy film grain from a distance footage of a guy fighting in the woods is the best fight scene in that entire show about a guy (laughs) who's a shaolin master about a guy who fights bananas how bad it is Yeah, I was like Iron Fist. Oh, he's Marvel's Batman, but like he has magic powers. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, Ugh. yeah. But uh, I, no, go ahead. Community. Yeah, yes, I was about to also segue back to community. Yeah, I, I just the thing that's coming to mind now. I don't know why it's coming to mind now. Is uh, is back in the anthropology room in part two when uh, magnitude gets hit. And then he says, pop, and Troy says, pop, what, magnitude? Pop, what? What were you going to say? That is, that is a, uh, as good a testament to Donald Glover as any other moment on this show. Any other. Meanwhile, also, uh, at the same time, simultaneously, meanwhile, right? He's looking <laughs> like a goddamn snack in this tank top oh. with his muscly arms. Oh, Ooh. honey. <laughs> Oh, wow. He's on his knees, like laughing into the orange rain at the end. Oh, it's unbelievable! Oh. I always knew it would end this way, or I had a dream it would end this way. I had a dream it would end like, like this. Oh, this he's fucking railed with bullets. Um, this is this is some good shit. So let's let's fully segue into it. Season two, episode twenty four. For a few paintballs more, directed by Joe Russo, written by Hillary Winston. Part two as Greendale. Another great. And- episode title yeah there there are these excellent riffs on two very iconic westerns and it's just like Mm -hmm. you nailed it with the titles folks you did a simple like replace bullets with paintballs you nailed it (laughs) oh shit it works that way (laughs) yeah it's Uh, they didn't go for like the good the bad and the paintball which is the third of that trilogy uh, but I guess they could have if they had stretched this to three parts. Uh, I, I like it as an exquisite two-parter. I like the return of Kendra with a QU. Jeff Winger, of course, reminds uh-huh. us who this is by saying Kendra with a QU. Um, Kendra, who spells her name with a QU. Uh, this, this part two <laughs> so has <dumb. laughs> a lot of personal memories for me sort of like ingrained onto it. Um, cause when this was first airing, it aired one week and then the next week they didn't air like back to back, um, right. which I think is a mistake. I think they should have aired it back to back, but whatever. I'm sure the office was on and, <laughs> but I, the, the, uh, young woman I was dating at the time, she lived in St. Louis. I lived in a small town, like an hour outside of St. Louis. And every other week we would go visit each other and we were both big community fans. So I taped the Western paintball episode one week so that we could watch 
both parts together the next week when she came to visit me. Mm. So, like, we both abstained from watching the Western part so that we could watch both parts together. That's right. Awesome. And then as a high school uh, uh, drama club member... Uh, in a very Christian high school, so we didn't have any wild cast parties. <laughs> after the show, you went to Denny's. Or my college improv troupe, after practice, after the show, we went to Denny's. So Denny's is for winners, yep. <laughs> became a mantra. Became, yeah. uh, what what Denny's are we going to? I don't know, we'll figure that out later. I'm, <laughs> I'm blocked from one on the highway. Then I guess I'll see you in hell. I guess I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love this shit There's a lot so of dynamite lines much. in that episode. The, my favorite is still Leonard. There's three that Leonard says that are incredible. Leonard? The first one. What are we, the little rascals? Gotta hit, gotta Our hit them where it hurts. And he's like, their balls. And he's like, no, Leonard. He's like, just below their balls. And he moves on. But then Leonard's like, I think it's called a taint. The best. Um, Let's also kick him some looking taint. at Britta and being like, Britta, I've been in a few real wars, and this is the most terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> this is every time one of the great Leonard episodes. Uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, this uh, and like I think the pillow war is also an excellent Leonard episode yeah Leonard (laughs) Leonard's so good at this but Britta also has this great um, I think think this is part two I just you know like I said my little brain just can't handle anything anymore Um, (laughs) when um, when Pierce leaves and she says don't worry he'll come back I've seen it before in cats (laughs) I've observed this behavior before in cats my cats. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. I love it's it so, so good. Much. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. This wow. I I think <laughs> though I love uh the western one as maybe more of a whole piece this is unquestionably the funnier one like from the very beginning when like the dean is like oh now I understand. Now your whole evil plan is clear as day. But if you need to explain it to your men I understand. It's very good. And you, you have no idea how mean I can be. Okay. The sexual energy between Jim Rash and Jordan Black oh, in that exchange. My God. In that exchange is more than you will ever get between Jeff and Annie. The two Ds are it's so, so good. fucking it's hot. So for good, each other. dude. And I think this is also a testament to Jordan Black that I think this is only this character's second appearance. But he's <laughs> so iconic. He's so, you remember iconic. him instantly. Everything about his performance, you know, he's like he's one of the fucking UCB guys. Like he's just he's been around the block. He's on ten episodes of everything, and ever it's Dean Spreck is an instantly iconic character for only appearing on the show like max five times. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's great. Dean Spreck. Yeah. It's so great. good. Dean Sprague, so, great guy, great guy. Good, love it. So good, great. <laughs> this is, like, the second mention of Troy's super plumbing skills. Like, it's in... <laughs> uh-huh. It's in the end of season one, and this is the second time they've ever brought it up. And he's like, remember my super plumbing skills that I have? And they even bring back the janitor from that episode, the Jerry Minor janitor uh-huh. in the in the end tag. I don't know. It's this is when the show just it fully submerges up its own ass. Just like full, we're they doing really paintball just, they again. They planted some seeds, and they really they were like, okay, we're gonna plant a seed at the end of season one, then wait an entire season and plant another seed at the end of season two, and then we'll let it pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Shirley has so many fucking excellent moments in this episode. I uh-huh. hate to get home to my home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing so CSI. Good. 
Damn it, Shirley, forget about your newborn baby and <laughs> pay attention to people who need you. As she and then she gets to be the fucking radical operator of that stupid golf cart as they like yeah. charge on the machine gun and she does like a fucking like, e brake turn. <laughs> uh, How does what is what's up with her getup? Like why is she dressed as like a western priestess yeah she's a she's the she's the western priest she is an archetype of i mean it's perfect for this character obviously um but she is you know machine gun priestess all of the (laughs) very good all of these western movies have this the town preacher the town pastor and they have applied that to her and it's perfect it's so think of all of the characters in firefly every single one is a trope and every single one is here. Yeah, she is Shepherd Book uh, from Firefly. <laughs> God, I'm I... going to uh, perhaps Kev be a member of the conversation that we had on Twitter recently, even more so, and realize I also didn't finish Firefly. Which is oh, something, because I there's only 14 episodes in a movie. <laughs> yeah, I started it and then got distracted and just never came back. And I'm going to make a point of doing that. But I remember when we were on Twitter recently, we had a conversation about people getting their nerd cards revoked for not experiencing or consuming a certain piece of nerd content. uh, That was friend of the show, Ben Mooney. Yeah, and and he was... I brought up Ghostbusters, but mm -hmm. Firefly might be... Do it. It's good. But his, but yeah, his point was that like. No, I want to say that the the context of this conversation was that we think the nerd card revoke thing is stupid. Like, there's no being a nerd is about (laughs) like being passionate about things. It's not being passionate about a certain predetermined list of things. You, you, you don't need to watch Star Trek to be a dork. You're a dork no matter whether or not you watch fucking Star Trek. Um, I am not a big Star Wars person. I'm open about that, and that gets taken away from me. All you know, my nerd card gets revoked. Uh, whatever they made to their ratio of good movies to bad movies is horrible. <laughs> Especially now, Jesus. Like Star Wars and Terminator and Alien, they have a really mm. bad batting average. <laughs> they are a really bad, bad batting average. Yeah. Uh, I just I remember I want I want since we talked about Firefly, I do want to tell. My my tragic Firefly story. I was watching Firefly on Netflix, as that's where it was when I watched it. And uh, move my microphone real quick. And legit, for some reason, Netflix messed with the uh, you know similar to Fox messed with the uh, order in which the episodes aired for me. I don't know why mm-hmm. they did this, but I'm watching it, and I remember knowing. Right. Going into this and, you know, knowing from, you know, hearing the people say the things about Firefly being like, just so you know, like when the last episode comes, you're going to be like, what? That's it? No, (laughs) no. And I remember going in and I'm watching it and then I get to the second to last episode. I go, "Okay." I finish the second to last episode and I go, "Okay." I can brace myself. I can be prepared to view this as the last episode, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went and clicked the last episode and realized somehow my Netflix played the last episode for me (laughs) before the second to last episode. So I had already seen it. So essentially... That's very strange. So, like, I didn't get to experience the... So, like, it was... I, I ended... I ended up having that same experience. I finished the second to last episode and I was like, okay, I've got, there's, there's one last episode. And then I was like, just kidding. 
there are no more episodes. And I was like, is is this how everyone felt? Is this <laughs> Oh <laughs> I mean basically Yeah, that's painful. Yeah, I mean we could talk all day about how like Fox truly mangled the presentation of Firefly. They didn't air three of the episodes, they aired them completely out of order. It's one of those um and the wow that's that's wild i mean there are so many things about firefly that make it difficult to start watching in the year of our lord 2020 i do think it is still really like a fun good space show i think it's, it's really good. nice it's... the characters are really good the story mm-hmm. the, the acting the, good. the acting Nathan is Fillion. exceptional Fillion, gina torres alan tudyk adam baldwin uh-huh. um it's a great cast and, like, also, to tie it back into this two-parter, it's a freaking space western. It's we take the western and the space war thing, and you just you, you make a baby, and it's fire. Firefly is what happens when uh, season two, episode 23, and season two, episode 24 of Community have a baby. I mean, you're right. <laughs> That's, yeah. I mean, you nailed it. Nail on the fucking head. Um, Thank you. Yeah. A little less paintball, I guess, but that's that's basically the yeah, right well, idea. you know. I would argue the only better space cowboy content cowboy that exists, and, and perhaps this is because of, fuck you, the jazz is cowboy Oh, <laughs> it's so good! <laughs> I was going to say that, and you fucking spoiled my party. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you said space cowboy, and I immediately, in my brain, is just that. See that you later, fucking, space cowboy. Yeah, like, exactly, that bumper at the end of every yeah. episode. So good. That is on my uh, anime to watch list as I That's attempt a, I to like anime. I haven't I don't watched that anime, one, but do it. It's a great one, Kevin. I'm not a person with an anime backlog that I have to either catch up on or have watched to give to people. Sure. But mm-hmm. I have watched the Shinshiro Watanabe animes, and that's Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo. They're incredible. Yeah, I've heard mm. they're like, I've heard they're excellent. You well, know, Cowboy Bebop is the one that I think most people get recommended when they don't like anime. Like a it's like anime yeah. for people that don't like anime. My first that I besides like what I watched when I was a kid, like fucking Pokemon or whatever. Um, my Sweet. my first was uh, Kaguya-sama: Love Is War, which was excellent. Um, so far, there's just two seasons, and then now I'm doing a little Lupin, a little Neon Genesis Evangelion, a little Death Note. Do, uh- do, yeah, do Death Note. The first first half of Death Note is fucking oh, Chef's yeah. Kiss. I'm doing brilliant. I'm doing them all slowly. I'm not like I I'm not I a binger to... anyway. So I'm just like taking them. I'm like sure. oh, I would like to watch another episode of this now. Another good one. I know you've probably heard it a million times. Attack on Titan. So worth it. Yeah, so worth I hear it. a lot of I hear a lot of stuff about that one. And I'm I I I'm I'm trying to sample a different you know an amusebouche sure. yeah, another... a charcuterie of anime. <laughs> charcuterie board. Uh, another fun one that uh, I've actually been watching with my partner is uh, My Hero Academia. Yes, that was when I was it's working fun. at the comic it's book shop. Fun. It was like the unbelievably popular thing. Like we couldn't keep sure. it in stock. Everybody wanted fight. It was like My Hero was the only thing on the same level as Rick and Morty or Black Panther or mm-hmm. or, or Wonder Woman as well. Like those were the big ones that like every constantly people were asking about. Um, and I know I just need to like commit to the bit and just run it at some point. Um, but I just it's, haven't. It's good. It's good. cute. It is. It's got. It's got a weird stigma around it, but it's really good. I started watching uh, Naruto recently, and I, I stopped after a few episodes, but because I got busy. But like, so good. Like, 
they're just they're just good. If you if you tell me you can sit down and watch a Miyazaki film, it's going to be a very I different can. vibe as far as energy or you know type of story or storytelling in general. But if you are into that kind of visual storytelling, fantastical worlds, mm-hmm. kind of absurdist, surrealist, all altogether, see hiccups, altogether just rampant wildness, anime will be fun for you. And if you like superheroes. Basically, every anime, even when they're not about superheroes, is about superheroes. <laughs> right, absolutely, absolutely. They all have their own special my power. Hero Academia, yeah, yeah. Well, explicitly. That explicitly, sure. <laughs> but but the the uh, the structure of like shonen anime is like each person has their own power. You know, it's all these different power people coming together. They have superpower. They things they have to you fight. You like X Men? Watch anime. I do like X Men. I do. They're um, the only <laughs> the only superhero comics I'm still reading. Not because I like. I'm just a little like burnt out. But the X Men shit right now is so fucking tasty. It's so fucking Fucking good. Current, the current X Men. The, the current shit. The whole line is fucking incredible. I'm just so jazzed on X Men right now, and I, wow. I've read some like shit ass X Men. Like I'll read any X Men, um, and I. But this line right now is just unbelievably good. It's it's uh, exquisite. Shit. I've been I've been <laughs> stupidly, almost like bold headedly, been trying to like straight up just catch up with x-men like not even like do highlights like literally do all of it like it is like the entire 60 path. year history of x-men yeah well i i i so i decided not to go all the way back i started with um it's the series that was right before uncanny x-men that or maybe it is okay what's the joss whedon series oh there was astonishing the one that was astonishing the one uncanny x-men just before that i started um, doing that that was it's it's a little rough. It's um. rough. It is rough. The companion series that was running at the same time, New X Men, uh, by by uh, Morrison and and Quitely, is the one that people like from that era. I think Astonishing oh. X Men by Joss Whedon and, and John Cassidy is as perfect an X Men jumping on point as you oh. can get. It's one of my that favorite runs brilliant. of all time. It turned like Emma Frost and Beast into two of my favorite. Like my two favorite X Men, it's an incredible run. Right, uh, everyone yeah. go read it. It's twenty five issues. Also, John Cassidy drew every cover and every panel, and it is my, the my shit. John Cassidy takes so long <laughs> to draw that's comic some, books. That that series, that Whedon series, has impeccable artwork. Like truly incredible stuff just really exciting just full of life and emotion it's, it's the, such, the it's fight scenes good. have like a sense of geography to them you know exactly where they are in space the character That's expressions so are so real. good there's so many times where you watch a fight scene and maybe maybe it's got this great movement to it you know it's drawn with this dynamic element to oh, it and you yeah, just direction and moment and movement but like you there's this part of it where it's like okay but where are what where are they what's going on and yeah never a question in this series it's just place it's it's fighting that's not just poses um and and everything <laughs> is set up and paid off so exquisitely throughout that that brief little run john cassidy takes about twice as long as Marvel would like him to to draw his comic books, but it is worth every spent second. He Absolutely. takes forever, Absolutely. and you just let him. You just fucking let him do it. <laughs> like, yeah, take your time. Shit. Yeah, uh, we know so, people are gonna buy it. You got Whedon on the cover as well. Like, exactly. No. 
like that fuck it like absolutely it's <laughs> it's one of the, it's one of the best runs of all time but yeah the current shit starting with house of x powers of x and transitioning into the whole line oh, that is one. is chef's kiss is beautiful wait what does that transition into oh we'll talk off mic i can't <laughs> I can't, I can't, um, uh, I can't do uh, this. I can't do this. If, if we start, we'll never get back to community. It will never rank these episodes. This episode oh, right. this podcast is about community. Yeah. Right. Well, allegedly, I mean, this is the style people have come to expect this at this point. Hey, yes, at no, least I'm, this episode, we're not talking about Abed's taint. I'm sorry. Well, now we oh, are. So glad I forgot. Thanks, bud. Well, now we are. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad I said that right as Kevin was taken to civil water. I was hoping not for a water. Take. I almost got it. <laughs> Wowie. Sorry. That's my great favorite. episode. Yeah, great pair of fucking episodes. Are we are we there? Yeah. Are we ready to are we ready to I think to we're there. You can okay. be there, yeah. There. I think yeah. we we we've closed up the season enough. It just it really it's nice nice double bookend for this glorious expansive season. This season kicks ass. This season of fucking season. seasons. So many of our uh community podcasting like contemporaries are about to get to this season and I'm just so excited for them to just get to <laughs> cuz it is hit after hit after hit with almost a hundred percent efficacy across this whole season (laughs) yo just bullseyes across the board like straight up if this we should mm, okay hold on hear me out yeah if we were to assign an avenger to each season of of community community should we rank first and then do this thought experiment because i think this thought experiment will take a little while Okay, um, so start with the end tags. Are we going to rank the trailer at the end of Fistful? I mean, we can. No, it would be I the bottom can't. for me. Like, it would be just the new the new bottom. Yeah, it's it's a well-cut trailer, sure. I suppose, but it's, like, not, it's not a joke. Just trailer? Like, <laughs> trailer. Um, okay, so we'll just rank. Just don't even number it. Honestly, just put last and then period <laughs> and then trailer. So I'm that not, we know I that won't. no matter what comes next, nothing will be below it. <laughs> uh, I will. I will. <laughs> I think I'll just. I think I'll just leave it. Um, but okay. So uh, Abed and the janitor. This one's cute. I like this one. I think it's funny. Jerry Miner yeah, is a pro. I love it. I don't. I think it's. It's a good one. I don't think it's. I think we can actually go fairly low though. I think so. But it's it's a good one. But if we're looking at like uh-huh. Gone Before Breakfast, like yeah, I'll probably put it above that. Gone Before Breakfast, current number thirty-one on the list. Yeah, no, bits, that makes lots sense. Of shirts. I was gonna yeah, say it's... spaceships. Spaceships. I was gonna say it's somewhere that. between spaceships and Gone Before Breakfast. I would agree. Okay. Mm, I don't like it as much as spaceships. I probably like it above lots of shirts. So okay, uh, twenty-nine. Sure. Okay. All right. Abed talk, and guys. the Yanni core. <laughs> uh, okay. They're not all going to be hard. <laughs> no, that was pretty easy. Oh, okay. pretty, pretty smooth. All right. So speaking so, of not all going to be hard. Here's the thing. Question before we get into this: Are do must they go back to back? First of all, is part mm-hmm. one better than part two, or is part two better than part one? Because part two is funnier than part one, but part one might be better than part two. These are the questions we will have to answer. I say we take it one at a time. We just we okay. Just, I with one sans two. Sans context. Sans it's it's a uh, uh, partner. Um, Fistful of paintballs, the western themed paintball episode. So modern warfare is our current number five, the original paintball episode, and I think this one is better. Really? As a as yeah. a piece, I just the style, the 
the costuming, the fucking dramatic payoff. Because I like Jeff and Britta sleeping on the study room table, like, don't get me wrong. But the unbelievable build this episode does to the revelation that the card game they were playing was voting Pierce out. Annie and Pierce... Annie (laughs) as Pierce's last defender. Yeah, Yeah, okay, great. Okay. Having to... And I went, oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, which one's Paradigms of Human Memory? Fake flashbacks. Oh... Couple episodes uh, ago with all of the like singling, 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 Wait, that was one. Okay, I don't think I was here for that uh, episode. You, no, yeah. you were not. I missed that one. That was um, last episode. Okay, so then yeah, I, I yeah, I would I would go ahead and put this one as the new number five. I would Unless mm-hmm. want to put it above paradigms. I would say four. Move paradigms. Yeah. Do it. Move paradigms. Do it. I'm not as mm-hmm. good as uh, mm-hmm. intermediate documentary filmmaking. No, I was gonna say I would I would replace uh, IDF. So you're huh? going new number three. New number three. Wow. Big, paintballs. Big I, I moves, eh? definitely right. see. I can agree to anything in this area. It's not as good as Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. It is. No, it's no. not. Okay. Um, so it's either three or four. Hmm. Five votes is three. All right. So you say three. You say four. Um, I'm very partial to a documentary. So I will say the new number four. Oh no! I did, I did it bad. I I hit the wrong button. <laughs> oh no! God told me different. S two e twenty three. And so then we got part two, which is funnier, but not necessarily as good of an episode. I yes. think like because mm-hmm. I really I like the energy of this episode. It's thrilling. It's funny, but like good episode. Good episode, but like, do I like it as much as conspiracy theories? I. Don't mm-hmm. think so? Wow. Yeah, I think we might have to split this up a bit. I'm actually, I think this is another one I always ask about. Cooperative calligraphy. Which one's that? Annie's is that the pen, pen episode? Yeah, it's the pen. Like, I don't think this one is as so, good as the pen. Uh, Is it as good as Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas? God, I do think it's as good as that. I you do? Now we're talking, yeah. I, but, I, but I like zombies more than this, I think. Like epidemiology. Sure. See, that's what we were talking about on the other podcast. Is like after time passes, you're like, oh, but that one. How's that one done there? Yeah. Yeah. I, right. Okay. I will say, um, I think this is better than Chicken Fingers. Yeah. I'm gonna cool. I'm gonna go on a limb here and say <laughs> it's either ten or eleven for me. Ten or eleven. So either bump. I'm sorry. In. Either eleven or twelve. Okay. So we're either bumping out on your list. Abed's uncontrollable Christmas or epidemic. Ten or eleven. Somewhere, okay, somewhere in that zone. Final answer. I can't. I can't. Somewhere in ten, eleven. Don't make me do this. He yells. Don't make me do this. They say. Don't make me. None of us want to do this. I I kind of do. I get a I get a perverse joy. Jason's like, don't make me make this choice. No one would be like, Caleb, help us. I I get a perverse joy out of this. I like it. Uh, I, I I like the pain. Okay, so uh, Daddy Host, where? So Jace is looking at about number eleven. Daddy Host, yeah. where are you looking? I think this is as funny as conspiracy theories to me. Oh. Okay, maybe okay. not, maybe not as funny, but I would put it above cooperative calligraphy. I watch this episode on purpose more than I watch Annie's pen episode on purpose. But just part two, or yeah, 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 just part two. Uh-huh. It is very thrilling. If you had, it's, it's give a good me the time. choice between two episodes, I would pick this one over that one. Oh. More times than not. All right. Cooperative calligraphy is a very stressful episode that is very good That's true. for the show, but not very indicative of the show. 
And I think that this episode as a litmus test for what community is yeah. is a better amalgamation of all of its traits can, and tools yeah. put in one place. Sure. I can get behind p- keeping both parts of the season two finale in the top ten list and bumping out cooperative calligraphy. I'm okay with that. Kevin? I... I can, <laughs> I, I can I can put this at the new number eleven, about where you were gonna put it, Jace, like above Claymation mm-hmm. Christmas, which I love. That's so good. I just cooperative calligraphy is so tight. It's it's ex- so, it's, ex- it's exceptional. It's an True. exquisite like That's knot right. of an episode. They're just all these episodes are all so different. It's like how do you compare them? Right. Oh this my is, god. This is even though it's like the same show and the same cast, they're, they're so not. This is clearly a different, different genre of television. Right. right. <laughs> television. Television. <laughs> so I I mean I I could be argued down of of putting this at number 10 i would say it's number 11 just not quite as good as cooperative calligraphy so is it 10.5 is that what you're saying <laughs> <We're> I <don't... laughs> oh we can't open up that so it's we what it's gonna be is cooperative for a few paintballs more calligraphy <laughs> yeah they have merged into one super episode like the amalgam um, crossover of Marvel and DC Comics. Whoa. Where Batman and Wolverine became Dark Claw. Excuse me? Yeah. yeah. You heard I him. I thought that was a good idea. Someone. Someone did. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Yeah. It wasn't me, but someone did. That was the most cop-out fucking answer I've ever heard. I it was knew. perfect. Somebody. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, but it's up it's to you. Perfect. Are you going to pick 11 or are you going to pick 10? So it is up to me? Yeah. I, I'm going to say 11, just out of the top 10. Still excellent. Still, like, so yeah, wonderfully done. Um, Big news. I see how <laughs> sorry. How many sorry. episodes do we have? We got, like, 47, 46? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, this was our 49th episode. How'd they um, do that in two seasons? Only 49 episodes. That's what? what TV used to be like for every show all the time. So just like that one wild? season do 25 and one season do 24? Yeah, because shows used to, every show, with very few exceptions, used to be like, we come back in September, we run until May with a few like weeks off in there. And that was mm-hmm. the expected structure of a season of television. That's why the but- Emmy voting is like September to September as opposed to the Oscars, which is just within this calendar year um, because that's the way that every TV show used to do. So like not only did Cheers do 11 seasons, they did 11 seasons with 20 plus episodes each, you know, which is right. I just didn't realize that it was like a different number for each season because I'm so used to them. I guess, no, there are certain shows that are like the season we're doing this many and the season we're doing this many and we'll deal with it. It's, it, yeah. yeah, Game of Thrones, I mean, uh, even, like, within Netflix, it's like, okay, this one's a 13-episode right. show, but this one's an 8-episode show. Right, yeah. Um, so and, you get seasons 4, 5, and 6 of Community, it's a fucking pot shot. Yeah, so, like, yeah. season season 1 is 25, season 2 is 24, season 3 is 22, and then the other three are all 13. They just keep dipping. <laughs> As the show's budget got lower and lower and NBC right. wanted less and less to do with it. Uh, they just started cutting and cutting and cutting. Um, and 
you know, I we we will get to season four, and I think that will be a very interesting like seven episodes of this pod. Ooh. But I think it works <laughs> really well in like season five and six's favor to only have to fill thirteen episodes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, every yeah, yeah. episode sure, can sure. be some wild off the wall idea that they play with, especially six. Uh, we will eventually get to community season six, and I will uh, gush about it as no one has gushed about it before. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 all right uh so all that right. that yeah. has been our rankings as we wrap up season two do we want to assign an adventure to every season of community oh my god well i was i this started as a joke i was just basically assign an adventure to every season yeah, are we limiting it to the movies or are we bringing in like black no Knight? the characters uh i'm talking like the no, original core avengers oh like of the six yeah, there's okay. six seasons, six okay. Avengers. So right? the six Avengers, just so we're all on the same page. Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, Wasp. Just so we're all on no. the No, 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 no. Black yes. Widow and Hawkeye. They were not original Avengers. Oh, well, you're talking the about the movie. movie. Oh, you're talking about the movie. Well, that's why I asked and you didn't answer. That's why I asked and you didn't answer. Yeah, I'm going by no. Avengers number one by fucking Stan no. Lee. Like, no, we're in the same cinematic universe as the Russo brothers. We're sticking to the first okay. Avengers movie. It makes sense. The reason why I say this, though, so passionately is because for me, when I was talking about how season two is just all bullseyes, obviously hawkeye oh but we're gonna make the comparison <laughs> to which Christ. is the best avenger though who is season two all right season one's iron man season two is captain america season three is black panther season four is black widow season five is hulk and season six is thor because so, I, the reason i say season, the reason i say season six is thor is because Thor is, by the end of the MCU, the result of one of the most in-depth and unexpected character arcs that you could expect for a fucking guy who started the show by slamming coffee cups on the ground and screaming, another! Hemsworth, guy has, Hemsworth has always been good. He's been always doing good work, even when his movies left something to be desired. Right. He, That's why he's perfect for season six. He is the actor is in this saying, franchise that is the most interested in taking his character to new and interesting places. Yeah, he is I constantly think redefining is just, just his character. Better, better, better for all also, of yeah, movies. as they I, figured out that, like... Experiment. This is chaos. I can't even... <laughs> I, think, I think, truly, like, Taika Waititi saw Ghostbusters 2016 with Chris Hemsworth and was like, oh, let's just do... Why don't we just do that? He's really good at this. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just do his performance, but add That's a hammer? That's real. That's totally what they did. That's <laughs> totally what Taiki did. That's totally what he did. Yeah, I think I think wow. it was the best move they could have possibly made to realize that Chris Hemsworth is really fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, And I think that's good. Um, okay, I'm going to try and rattle this off really quick with a little to, to no thought in it. Okay, ready? Uh, go. Season one is Captain America. It's the squeaky clean, trying to be uh, normal season. Um, season two is Thor because of its experimentality. Season three is iron man because it is wildly experimental and a little alcoholic season four is <laughs> hawkeye it's uh season five is, i mean hey hawkeye one of my favorite comic book characters one of my That's favorite true. on-screen avengers he's community season four 
which is part of why I like him. That is okay. So the reason I the reason I like Hawkeye is for a lot of the same reasons that people like Batman is that he's like a normal dude who gets the shit beat out of him. But Hawkeye doesn't always win. Hawkeye isn't always smarter than the guy he's fighting. I like him because he's kind of a dumb idiot who puts himself in bad situations <laughs> and he just has a fucking yeah. bow and arrow. Uh, read the Matt Fraction David Aja run of. Oh, Hawkeye. I was just gonna say, yeah. Okay. Just the um, opening of that run with him falling out the window and being like, "Yo, I'm on a team." With a god, a yep. super soldier, a billionaire in a metal suit, and a gamma radiation fucking giant. And I have none of those things. So yep. when I tell you this job fucking hurts, it fucking hurts. It hurts. <laughs> He's like falling out of a building. Yeah. It, as soon as I read that, I was like, yo, this is going to fucking slap. The, the greatest <laughs> first page of a new comics run I've ever seen. Uh, and in this episode, we've recommended my two favorite runs of superhero comics, which is That's true, we have. Astonishing X-Men and... Uh, Fraction Hawkeye. Um, season five is Black Widow. There's good stuff. It doesn't have its own identity, and yet, uh, yet I'm I am interested to see uh, where it goes. Again, We're interesting waiting. stuff doesn't have its own identity, and so by process of elimination, who have I not said? Season six is the Black Widow. No, I already said Hulk. Black Widow. Hulk. Yeah, I stand by that. Uh, oh, yeah, of... of actual idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stand by right. that. Let's see if I let's see if I can do one. So for me, I'm gonna agree. Season one is absolutely Captain America. It's here we are. We're trying our best. It's squeaky clean. I'm gonna say season two is Iron Man because it is just pure essence. Like this is what we are. Deal with it. Season three, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say season three is Black Widow because it's like we're here. We've been a part of this. It, we're just kind of, you know, we're we're in the groove of things, right? It just keeps the momentum moving. Season four, I'm going to say <laughs> very specifically, not Hulk as a character, but the original Hulk movie. Because <laughs> it's just like, it's, techni- it's technically in the same universe, but we don't talk about the it. Season five. The, what? the gas leak movie is Edward the Norton's Incredible movie, Hulk. Right, exactly. <laughs> that was extremely very good. Thank you. Season five is what am I supposed to be? Season ha. Season f- ah shit. Season five and season six are Hawkeye and Hulk. Which one? No, is Haw- Hawkeye and Love Thor. That. Um, okay, and Thor. I'm gonna say I'm going to say that season six is uh, season season five is Hawkeye. Season six is Thor. Only reason I'm saying that is because in season six, is that the one with the the, the baby bird that they say? Yeah, baby bird. There's something about you just the baby, did a baby bird, bird murder say. monologue. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know why, but that just speaks Thor to me, and I For refuse sure. to explain it. Those are my answers. Not checks out. <laughs> Jess is like, we should do this. Also, I won't explain myself. I could be the point, I'm like, I know this to be true. If you ask me to explain it, I can't. No, that's. That makes a lot of sense, though. No, <laughs> like, I get out. it. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, any any plugs we want to dash out here? I will say stay tuned uh, to the second half of this episode where I talk to uh, our paintball correspondent, our first returning guest, uh, Princess Bilbo, the community cosplayer, uh, and, we, and we talk about uh, a lot of anime, actually, and uh, community as well. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Uh, for that. And I also have uh, some community pod appearances coming up uh, that I'm sure I will tell everyone about them when they happen. All right. Wow. We did it. 
You did it. Are we doing plugs real quick? I don't have any plugs. Follow me at Jason Ziv anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm in the same boat. No plugs. Love up. L U B W U B. Wherever it's important. Nerdy bits if you like video game shit. Hell yeah. Uh I will say if you're in America, uh vote for Biden. I'm not super happy about it either. Uh but please do. Please do it. <laughs> uh, please, yeah. Please do it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not like thrilled. It's not my guy, but like please do. Uh we will be back next week with the season three premiere. We are moving right along, as the Muppets once sang, and Ah, only the season ah. three premiere, just Biology 101. Uh, But until then, ba-ba. I got a little country. Give me some more. Give me some more. Oh my fucking god, banjo community theme is just. That's oh, a fucking mood, isn't it? Uh, I was like, oh, oh, you're just doing a different song. Cool. Oh, fuck. No, wait. There it is. That's a mood. <laughs> I see you when you smile, and I want to sing a song. But then I write the words, and they always come out wrong. They come out wrong. I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes But then words get frozen in my mouth like Eskimos I like your nose I, I might have made some sort of terrible devil's bargain here by daring to mention Goofy's neighbor, Pete. Again, his predominant role, the thing he is mostly known for, Goofy's neighbor. Goofy's neighbor, Pete. He has so much. His son, PJ. And, and PJ has done nothing but be Max's friend. On the In the Goofy movie, and... It's been a while, I assume, the Extremely Goofy movie. Yeah, he was in Extremely Goofy movie. Where they go to college. They go Uh, to college and they skateboard. Yes, because it was the year of our Lord 2000. Uh, (laughs) So if you were making a movie about teens, uh, they had to skate. Someone was skateboarding. Somebody. So don't they compete in the X Games? Like just the straight up X, not like the extreme sports of thought. Like, aren't they just in the X Games? <laughs> I I think it's <laughs> because been a while. Disney had owned ESPN, and ESPN yes. had bought the rights to stream the X Games, something like that. I said yes. stream like it wasn't two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> like the mo, like it didn't take six minutes to download a JPEG of Pete Goofy's neighbor. <laughs> I- See, they did. They did because my my parents worked for Angels Baseball. Angels were owned by the Di- by the Disney company. So the the Anaheim Angels were owned by 
Disney. Disney. Or no, it's the Los Angeles Angels because it's... Yeah, if, sure. If you translated the Spanish Los Angeles, it would be the the Angels Angels. Yeah. <laughs> it would be the Los Angeles Angels. The the Angels Angels. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They went by that for some time. The the Angels Angels. I guess when they moved out of <laughs> Los Angeles uh, and, and into uh, Anaheim where the Mighty Ducks live. Yes. Uh, which is funny because they've always been in Anaheim. Yeah, the ducks have always lived there. Um, and for so many of us, it's so weird that the Walt Disney Corporation just sort of, maybe they owned them too, because they just selected this one random NHL team and used that name across a, an animated cartoon series about space ducks that play hockey and... <laughs> The, the Mighty Ducks show. film franchise. That was a good and show. Th those were all amazing. I loved the Mighty Ducks growing up. The movie, and then I loved the cartoon. Yeah. The the movies, uh, three classics. A, a trilogy of classics. D2, The Mighty Ducks. You know, unassailable. That movie taught me a lot. There's a... there. I haven't seen any of those in, let's say, about 20 years. But there are still pieces of them that stick with me forever there's this there's this moment in i think it's d2 where they're of course playing hockey against iceland right eastland um and uh because the, the the mighty ducks have gotten too commercialized and emilio estevez like brings in a cardboard cutout of himself and says like this is an advertisement and then he lights a fire in a trash can and he's like this is a trash can fire this is an advertisement in a trash can fire. <laughs> it gives this speech about America. Like, we're still a young country. We're the scrappy teenager to every everyone else is hundreds of years old or thousands of years old. We're only like 150, baby. We're still little teens compared to Iceland. I now need to give these a rewatch. They're probably on Disney+. Plus. I remember the last time I looked, the way that Disney Plus does that thing where you can look up any Disney title and you'll click on it. It's like, all right, I got my popcorn, got my sodi pop, time to watch D2. And then they'll say, D2 coming in summer 2021. And I'm like, what the? <laughs> you don't, you don't own your own movie. You got, I got to wait to watch D2, The Mighty Ducks. I, I didn't even know that. They'll do that sometimes. My mom and I one day just like nonstop watch Disney Plus and we just like kept on pressing on whatever the next movie was. But we started off with like Sister Act because um, sure. we really enjoy good movies. Yeah, and, good movies. Sister Act and, 1 and 2. Yeah, both are excellent. But like we just like traveled down like the whole and like we just kept on like what's next? What's next? What's next? And like sometimes what does I Disney like, Plus oh, can... think I will enjoy. <laughs> yes. We did so much too. We did like Sister Act, Sister Act 2. Um, we did Atlantis. We did Treasure Planet. And then I sung along to everything. And my mom's like, how do you remember all of this? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have that a lot, as you've noticed with <laughs> the uh, Mighty Ducks, where it's like, how many important things do I not remember so that my brain can allocate space for a line from the cartoon Mighty Ducks pilot where the big guy says, pain is an illusion, an illusion that really hurts. <laughs> like, 
What? Whose birthday do you, have I forgotten so that I can remember that line from Mighty Ducks? I don't know. That that seems very important. That specific yeah. line. I got to hold on to that one. You really do. I got to keep that one in the in the recesses. I mean, going from Atlantis the Lost Empire to Treasure Planet, that makes a lot of sense. If you're yeah. like super into one of those that you would be really into the other. Yeah, those are also like the classics. Like if you ever talk to anyone, those are like the underrated Disney movies. You know, they weren't big smashes like Mulan. In fact, they both, I think, lost a pretty sizable amount of money, uh, even though they did make a sequel to Atlantis, like a direct to VHS Atlantis sequel. Never saw it. Uh, but, but, oh no but uh ooh, sorry atlantis 2 uh, return of jafar or whatever uh <laughs> but uh simba's pride but um treasure planet is the one i think it's like a pretty okay movie like i liked it as a kid as an adult i'm like this is a great movie for eight-year-olds the the thing that people remember about it is that it almost killed walt disney animated picture <laughs> like it it lost so much money. I mean, I mean, let's. There's, there's a lot of movies that almost killed. Like, just, I mean, Snow White almost killed Disney's folly, right? But then it came out and made a lot of money, right? Yeah. It was just yeah. like everyone was like, "You're an idiot for trying to do this. You're gonna lose all your money." He didn't, but he, did he, he could have. He did not. He got that the merchandising alone. On old Snow White, on the old Seven Dwarves. You'll dine out on that for the rest of your life. 100%. The evil, that's an iconic evil witch look with the poison apple. That's that's immortal. That's there forever. I also love Snow White, so it's fine. Poison apple? Oh, that's creepy. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, that's how she says it. <laughs> I know, but like... <laughs> Sorry. Coming from you, it was like unexpected. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, I, my, uh, I'm not here to get, uh, spicy about Snow White. I love the dwarves and I don't care for the rotoscope animation on the human faces. Like Snow White and the prince are a little unsettling to me in the way that they are done in the same, like the blue fairy in Pinocchio is the same way where I'm like, there's something about this that my brain tells me is not good. <laughs> my, my brain is sending me warning signs and I'm not sure why, but I love the the fucking animation on all the dwarves or you know Jiminy Cricket or what have you. Yeah, I can I can talk about I. You're like diving into like something I know a lot about just because I used to uh, do introductory tours at work wow. for new hires. So I gathered a lot of information because I also like saying puns and I also like telling jokes uh, because I'm hilarious. I know like people don't. <laughs> Agree with me. <laughs> no one else says I'm hilarious, but I think I'm <laughs> I know I am. I know I'm very funny. And <laughs> my dad just walked by and he's nodding. He thinks I'm funny looking. Okay. <laughs> he said looking the same time I did. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that, but he said Oh, I, I caught it. That is the ultimate dad joke. That is the number <laughs> one dad joke. But I caught it. I knew what he was going to say. But my favorite joke that I told back when uh, uh, Bugs Land was open, we would point out Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And I'd be like, yeah, the Imagineers really put in a lot of thought. And 
it really looks like we're in the front yard of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Or one might say, we're in the gardens of the galaxy. <laughs> and that's exactly how I would say it. And then nobody would laugh. And then I just end up crying for the rest of the day. <laughs> because no one liked your good joke. <laughs> it was so funny. And no one, no one else thought so. This is, of course, Advanced Community Studies. Uh, the interview portion. <laughs> Returning with us this week, our paintball correspondent, <laughs> the Princess Bilbo herself. Elise, welcome back to the program. Thank you for having me, and I'm happy to be the paintball correspondent. It's pretty cool. You are also our first uh, returning guest, uh, so so welcome back for that. Nobody can see, but I'm doing a dance. I hope I hope they know that. I saw the dance, uh, and and that is just a personal thing that you and I will continue to share. <laughs> <laughs> Was that dance? Uh, so, so welcome back, uh, boy. The last time we would have talked about community would have been like May. I should have yeah. done any amount of uh, uh, <laughs> looking back and and trying to gauge it. But in the last, you know, intervening three or four months, um, I don't want to say has anything changed in your relationship to community, but have you been <laughs> watching a lot of community? Uh, I have been. Uh, every once in a while, I'll just put it on and my parents are just like community again. I'm just like, yeah. But Even now as... I also have a lot of anime to watch because I'm watching One Piece. That's a lot of anime to watch. It is. Doing it. The second uh, quarantine really hit, uh, so let's say mid-late March, my my anime friends, my, my big dork nerd friends were like, Kevin, you now have no choice. You simply must now watch One Piece. And I was like, okay, there's like a thousand episodes of One Piece. And I'm like, barely exaggerating. <laughs> you, you, it is very close. I, it's very close to 1000. I think it's like 950 or something right now. Maybe uh, more. I don't know. Ha cha cha. Yeah, I think I was on Crunchyroll the other day and it said like, One Piece, episode 967. <laughs> I was like, my good God. Uh, but they were like, okay, so here's how you watch One Piece. You gotta watch these three episodes, and then you take a couple episodes off, and then you watch four, and I'm like, I, I will never be able to follow your rigid plan. Like, we're doing a One Piece heist. Either I watch it all, or I don't watch any of it. I'm not playing your games. I, I didn't, my friends never gave me that. They're just like, just watch it, and I was like, okay. I don't know if There's I need better no friends or plan. worse friends. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say better because I really like my friends. So. Oh, okay, cool. I'm putting uh, them up on a higher pedestal. I could only see myself making that jump if I became unemployed and single at exactly the same time. Then it's like, all right, God himself has told me it is time to watch One Piece. This is the only way. <laughs> I hope I, I hope it doesn't come to that, but I'm gonna say you for anime friends, you don't need to watch One Piece. You're fine. You don't need to watch anything. You know? Like yeah. everyone can just kinda like watch what they want to watch and enjoy it and you're not you're not not 
an anime fan if you haven't seen this one show or read this one manga? Yeah, no, you're not. You're, it's it's all it's all. As all I care if like if you give it a chance, if it's something that's like super important, like community. If you give it a chance, you know how much I love community. If you give it a chance, even if it's not for you, even if you don't enjoy it, like, I would be cool. I'm like, you tried it. Like, wow. Thank you so much. You tried it. You gave, um, hmm. I don't know if we talked about this. I know our anime conversation was pre-Mike last time, so maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll keep circling back around this. Do you have, when you're recommending community to someone, do you have a go-to, start with this episode, or do you tell them to start from the beginning? I usually just tell them to start from the beginning because I'm a completionist and I always have, like, for me, I always have to start from the beginning and go directly to the end. Mm-hmm. I can't, like, even when people recommend me stuff and they're like, oh, start with this and then go over to this one and do, like, read it in this order or watch it in this order. I cannot. And I have to, like, I'm like, no, I'm 100% going to start from episode one. I think if I were like, okay, someone who's never seen Community, if I'm showing them Community, for instance, I would probably start with comparative religion or physical education, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, here's the show working on all cylinders, here's a simple, like, season one standard kind of sitcom plot um, that we can then go back and start over. But if I was like, if someone was like, what's this show you like? I'm like, here's a sample of like the best it has to offer. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely episodes where I'll say like, um, oh, you're starting community. Well, like these are like season one, like these ones are my favorite ones from season one Mm -hmm. with any show. Like even if I'm starting a new show, like a new show drops today, and I watch the pilot and I'm like not really into it, I will still give like the first three episodes a try before bouncing. Yeah. Like, so like even with community, I'm just like, try watching the first three or four episodes before giving up. And like, that's with like any show. Yeah. I think the beginning of season one of community is really strong for yeah. a sitcom. There are a few sitcoms I can think of that hit, the ground so strong like maybe like arrested development but besides that there aren't a lot of sitcoms i can think of that like you know within you know the pilot is okay not great but like john oliver's really funny in it like if someone mm-hmm. can't get through that and then like the second episode again not like excellent but you have the chang monologue you have like the crazy spanish presentation and then by the time you get to the third episode, it's Carpe Diem Seize the Day. You know, like, already yeah. we're starting to spit out classics. Because, like, yeah, because, like, I really, I enjoyed the first ep- the first episode, the pilot. I actually really enjoyed it when I first watched it. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode, I liked it. And then the third episode, I was just like, like, these characters are hilarious. We're in. Yeah. Yeah, I I um I agree with you there. As they like they pretty quickly get everyone's thing down even if season 1 of Community feels like if you know what comes after, you're like, yeah. "Okay, this feels like a trial run." But when it was airing, I was like, "This is my favorite show." You know, yeah. season 1 of Community was my favorite show on at the time that season 1 of Community was airing. My parents had to put up with me watching it. Like, we had to sit there and watch the show because I was enjoying it so much. 
Um, I'm I'm like you. I can't if I'm starting a new show or a new like read. I can't, you know, uh, the Discworld books by Terry Pratchett, right? Like people mm-hmm. are like, okay, these are the really great ones. You can just skip to those, and I'm like, no, ma'am. I am reading all of Discworld, and I am reading all of Discworld <laughs> in order, and it will take me forever, but I'm going to do it. Or um, I recently started, uh, I got interested in Lupin the Third, and I'm like, I'm gonna do, this is my next anime that I'm gonna make it through, Lupin the Third. And people yeah. are like, okay, like, start with, you know, the movie, A Woman Called Fujiko Mine, or start with, no. Lupin the Third Part One from seventies with that janky low budget seventies anime animation. That's where we're starting. That's where the show starts. So that's where I'm starting. That's exactly exactly how I have to watch things. I can't. Everyone's just like, just skip this. I'm just like, I I can't. Uh, If I was, you know, if I'm rewatching something, if I'm like, okay, I'm gonna rewatch Parks and Rec. I might skip the first season because I've, like, already seen it. But also, I don't know, it's only, like, six episodes. Like, there's not much to skip. Yeah, it's even even afterwards, like, when I play video games, and I don't, I, I can't say, like, I'm, like, a really big gamer. The audience can't see you. You're wearing a hat that says gamer, and you are drinking a Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> they, they, so it seems like it's you true. might be a gamer. Yeah, um, very true. Thank you for letting everyone know that. I'm painting a visual picture. You have a big, it's like a human-sized bag of Doritos behind you. And I didn't even know they made them that big. Yeah, it's a special order. Special order. (laughs) I could not be sated (laughs) by standard size. Okay, okay. Uh, But no, continue with your video game thoughts. Because obviously you have... Even when I replay a game, I have to still get a perfect score. Like, my favorite games are, like, the Ace Attorney games, Professor Layton, and then I thoroughly, thoroughly, my favorite series of all times is the King's Quest series, which is a very, very old game. Uh, but I love Sierra, and I stand Roberta Williams. Like, she's a queen, and I love her so much. And, but, like, all, like, things like Professor Layton... Uh, there's another game that, like, I think I'm the only person who ever played these games because it had a very unfortunate title called Touch Detective. Uh, Ooh! Oh! <laughs> oh, my! So, so unfortunate. Um, very unfortunate. Uh, because it was for the the touchscreen. It was, like, one of the first games for the touchscreen. Uh-huh. Oh, God! <laughs> uh-huh. It was very, yeah, uh, but they all had a point system, and mm-hmm. so I have to get all the points. Like, for those who don't know, King's Quest, King's Quest had this point system, and, like, if you get so many points, like, you get a special congratulations screen at the end. In Professor Layton, there's uh, there's coins that you collect, and there's secret puzzles everywhere, and I had to get all the coins and get all the secret puzzles. So even though, like, I know the ending, I know where all the secret puzzles are, when I play it again, I have to get all the secret puzzles and all the coins. I gotta. I understand. When I play, when I replay a video game that has, like, a choice system where it's like, oh, you can do the good thing or the bad thing or you can say different things here, I can't do different things. If it's like, if I did, I, I do the good thing when I play a game. I'm like, this is the thing that I think is good and I want to be a good boy. I can't then go back and play 
the bad guy version of it because I'm like, no, all my friends will be mad at me. My friends who live in the computer who are real, they're real. I can't be mean to them. They're my friends. Most of the games growing up that I consumed were my brother playing and I'm like sitting watching him play. And one of those games was uh, Wind Waker. And there's the part of Wind Waker when you're trying to like talk to the, where you're stalking the girl on the island. Mm-hmm. And she stops and she sees you and you have to answer questions. And like one of them was like nice. One of them was like kind of mean. And the last one was like super flirty. And so we would just save the game and then go back and see what happened. But then like go back to when we were just like the nice answers and stay with that. Right. You wanted to see what would happen. But it's like, oh, if we have to make a permanent choice, we will be nice boy. Nice boy. Yeah. In King's Quest. You always you have to save like every five seconds because everything can kill you and you have to know how it's going to kill you. And then there was always puns when you died. So they just made this game for you. They made a bold business decision of just saying this one's just for them. I don't even think I was alive for the first game. All right, I think let's I was see. alive by the third King's one. Quest but they knew one King's Quest. 19 yeah. July 1983 actually by Sierra Entertainment. I was not Platforms. alive. IBM PC Junior, Apple 2GS, <laughs> DOS, Sega Mark 3, Apple 2. <laughs> this is what my podcast is going to be about. King's Quest. King's Quest. Okay, so the one where I was finally alive was King's Quest 4. I was finally alive. You done come down the womb and you're like playing you're playing King's Quest. You climb up to the big family computer I, and you're gaming. <laughs> I'm playing. Um no, my 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 biggest uh shame and hilarious thing I always tell people is that uh a game I should not have been playing at the age of like seven. I shouldn't have been playing this game, but I was because it came in the Sierra package, uh was Leisure Suit Larry, and I was playing that. Oh, I was hoping that's what you were going to say. I was was playing that, and I was like, you know, tender age of seven, going like, I'm going to sleep with these ladies. Dad. Dad. (laughs) Dad. Dad, can you, what's this word mean? I'm trying to sleep with this lady. (laughs) How do you spell this word? Dad, what's a rubber? (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's what seven-year-old Elise was playing. I'm true gamer. True gamer status. You are true gamer again. Hat, Mountain Dew, giant bag of Doritos. Uh, you are. Uh, you moved your camera a little bit. I can see you are wearing a 1970s style leisure suit and medallion, <laughs> which uh, which is which is very good. So <laughs> we've been talking for half an hour. I mean, we've already had you on the show to talk about community before uh you shared your great story about meeting gillian jacobs and and all the various uh stories there that's in our modern warfare episode but let's talk about season two paintball do you remember watching these for the first time and what that experience was like the one thing i definitely remember was when like the commercials were coming out for like like the mini ads like you know like oh next week and like I remember going like, they're doing another paintball. They're doing another paintball. And like freaking out, like screaming to my parents, just like, it's another paintball. Like who would have thunk that they would actually do another paintball episode? They had the tenacity, the audacity to pull it off. I was like only community. Um, I was like telling all my friends, I was like only community, paintball, two seasons. 
in a row. This time, it's the finale. No no romance finale. It's all That's paintball. That's literally what I told people, too. I was like, it's the finale this time. They're ending on paintball. Like, how cool is that? Don't you see the implication of this? <laughs> but I was, I was just so pumped. And I remember watching them, and, like, they were just so cool. I remember... All the references and like I feel like pop what is like one of the things definitely one of my top quotes. So how do these stack up for you against paintballs previous and paintballs still yet to come? Do you have some sort of internal preference system? Um, these are definitely like my favorite one. The- Annie as being like the queen, the Western queen is like everything to me being the coolest anyone has ever been (laughs) being the coolest person on earth she was just so awesome also watching like troy try to be the leader abed just being so cool i was just like it's really hard it's really hard and plus like i'm a really big star wars fan and i actually don't like westerns like i get bored watching westerns but i still really like that western episode (laughs) They just, they were just standing there staring at each other. <laughs> For hours. For hours. Their eyes are dry and red and they need They're a blink. sunburned. <laughs> yes. Uh, these are, these are big episodes for Annie and Abed. Yes. Uh, uh, in particular. Rewatching it, I always, I always forget that Kenja with a QU is in it. And I love, I love when they throw in the background characters just for like, hey, you remember this one character that we introduced for like the hottest of seconds? Here they are again. Here they are. And that Jeff, Jeff isn't sure the audience will remember this character (laughs) from half a season ago. So he calls her Kendra with a (laughs) QU, which is uh, a very funny joke for me Uh, as a as a, a collegiate improviser at the time uh, who went to Denny's nearly every week uh, of his college experience. The Denny's is for winner's line. It meant a lot to us. <laughs> that, was, that was a big one for the improv troupe. I, that is definitely something I say to people and like they have no idea what I'm qu- quoting at all. <laughs> but like hopefully now they do. But like... Uh, because, like, I'm a theater student, too, because I did stage management. That's what I got my bachelor's in, is theater arts with uh, emphasis on stage management. And, um, oh. but Denny's, for me, is always the con scene. We would be done with the day. We haven't eaten all day, because we've been in cosplay. And we're not eating in cosplay, because that's no staining my costume. No, if you're dressed as an Austin Powers fembot or a ducktail, <laughs> you can't take the chance that any delicious Denny's maple syrup or zesty nachos will dribble down the front of your costume. Absolutely not. And so, you know, we go back to the hotel, we're changed, we're starving, and we're like, Denny's. It's Denny's? right there. And all um, of us are like, Denny's, 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 Denny's. And so for that line, whenever I heard Denny's is for winners, I was just like, all I can think about is uh, going to Denny's at the tail end of a con, at the end of the day, just like dead, half in costume, still wearing your wig because like you didn't take off your makeup and like your makeup without the wig just looks ridiculous. So you're just like, 
Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> I'm a ducktail. What of it? One single ducktail. There are so few things in life that one can count on, but you can almost be certain that if you are staying in an American hotel, there is a Denny's within walking distance, and baby, it's open. Yeah. It, it is open. You can sit and you can eat some Denny's. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I will go to Denny's. And, and, and like, all of a sudden, like, it's the best food I've ever had in my life. But, like, I go to Denny's and I'm on a Tuesday. And it's just, like, this food is, like, you know, food. It's fine. It's fine. Gets the job done. Yeah. It's food. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can eat it. And, uh, but if you go at the end of, like, an exhausting performative experience, somehow Denny's is Ambrosio the food of the gods. Oh, like, somehow... <laughs> With the sweet taste of victory added, Denny's has become a delicacy. The one every time, like, I just picture the Denny's. There's one convention called Anime LA, so ALA. The Denny's was literally just, like, right across the street. We just looked, and there it was. A field of Naruto's <laughs> would turn and look and spy the Denny's, and they'd run their arms behind them across <laughs> the street. Naruto run across the street to Denny's. Uh, you're, uh, thank you for accepting the role as our paintball correspondent. Yeah. It's an important role, and I'm glad you can uh, fill it. So judging by when the next time you will be on the show, are, you, are, you, are we going to count either the season four finale, uh, where the darkest timeline people invade with magic paintballs, or the brief uh noir paintball cameo in the next fake flashback episode do either of those count or will we not hear from you until season six to me they always counted i agree others would disagree but i'm like explicitly at least the season four finale yeah is paintball that's 100 percent paintball it's, it's not good paintball but it's paintball yeah you still need to watch your anime yes and that's that's in i'm i'm working on it you and know i fine. i I started during Quar. I started and I and I caught up on uh, Kaguya-sama: Love Is War, uh, both seasons of that, and I've started ordering the manga so I can like slowly work my way through that. I am a few episodes each into Lupin the Third, Neon Genesis Evangelion. <gasps> oh, okay, cool. And Death Note. Those oh. are the three. That I'm like kind of slowly piecemeal, you know, on the exercise bike in the living room, um, working my way through each of those. But again, like three episodes into both or all of them. I'm very proud of you. Those are those are stellar, stellar choices. I mean, I have friends who will throw anime at me, um, you know, like when Chang says turn on her and they all throw like paper balls <laughs> at, at Britta. That I have friends that will do that. But I you. You I trust as well. That I'm like, this. The she will see me and give me measured recommendations. I haven't uh, started Full Metal Alchemist, uh, so I'm sorry about that. I failed you personally. I, I know. I actually um going to cry I'm about mean. that <laughs> as soon as we were, we were done. But <laughs> now that you brought it up, I see where I, I stand in this friendship. Okay, I forgive you. I've been enjoying your community shit posts. They have brought me joy. 
That's good. They're usually about Britta. Yeah. And sometimes they're about whether or not Britta and Annie should kiss. Sometimes they're about whether or not Britta and Jeff should kiss. Uh, but they're almost always about Britta. I, I, I mean, you know how I feel. I am... One of the things I always do is... Um, anytime fandoms pit two girls against each other for one guy... No, no, no. Get I, the guy out of there. They the should guy, kiss. They, they should just kiss. <laughs> they should kiss. Exactly. Yes, I agree with you. Just no forget. no love triangle. Push his ass out of there. They should kiss. They should, they should kiss. So, like, when there was, like, a big shipping war, which annoyed the hell out of me because people needed my opinion on it. They're like, Elise, you look like Britta. What do you feel about this shipping war? You look like Britta, but you feel like Annie. <laughs> you simply must <laughs> weigh in. And, and like, I just sat there, I'm like, I literally don't care at all. And so that's when I started shipping hard <laughs> Annie and Britta, because I'm just like, why have Jeff involved at all? I don't think they need Jeff. They don't need Jeff. They could just have each other. And they that's what I'm happy. saying. Perhaps this is a, a interesting kettle to open up at uh, the end of this interview, but I don't I don't know if I've ever gotten your feelings personally on seasons four, five, and six, as they do seem to be divisive within the community community. I I like season four. When it aired, I was just so happy to get new episodes of Community that mm-hmm. it didn't really. It took me rewatching it to see the flaws in it. Because, like, anybody who was, like, an actual, like, you know, watching it as it aired knew that, like, oh, my God, it's being canceled. Is it coming back? It's back? No, it's canceled. Oh, my God, what's, what's happening with Dan Harm? <laughs> and there was just too much, like, drama happening that when I got the episodes, I was just like, oh, thank God, it's community. Like, this is all I care about. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like season four has, like, a lot of good things that happen in it and maybe not the best episodes. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I super, I really love Jeff going to talk to his dad. Yeah. I really love that that happened. I love, like, the character development. It, it sometimes, like, some of the stuff wasn't executed the best, but there was still a lot of good stuff that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, season five, I also enjoyed but i can't like it's definitely not on the top of like my favorites i feel mm-hmm. like season four we talk about a lot because that's like the gaslight season leak season and so like a lot of people have like opinions about that and then season five happens and it's like it's good it's like a good season and i still really enjoy it and i like season six i really like i like frankie i i liked what they did like i i don't i don't hate it I really, I enjoyed it. I, you know, it was hard to watch because Yahoo Screen, but it was still like. <laughs> right. Yahoo Screen made it. But now that it's on Hulu and Netflix, yeah. now that the technical differences are, are made up uh, or on my DVD shelf. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yes. Okay. I'm glad. I, I It's good to hear. I'm not, you know, good British shit. I love the British stuff in season six with her parents or with the return of Subway. The return of Subway was so funny. I love that. That advertising did work on me. If I was buying a car, I would, like, go to a Honda dealership and, like, take a look around after after season six. That was so... I'm, I guess I'm a level seven susceptible. Honestly, like, the 
last episode, our series finale was so good. Like, it's so rare to get a good series finale. Well, thank you for stopping by once again. A Princess Bilbo on all the stuff. Princess, uh-huh. like the title. Bilbo, like the Hobbit. I really like Hobbit. You don't know how many people come up to me with what my handle is, Princess Bilbo. And they legitimately ask me if I have ever seen the Lord of the Rings movies or the Hobbit movies or read the books. And they're like, do you enjoy this? I was just like... Uh, Bilbo is not a nonsense phrase I made up. (laughs) (laughs) Bilbo Bilbo is like one of the more popular guys from those books. Do you think I like those movies? I named myself Bilbo. Uh, And I don't think anyone would ask you if you liked Lord of the Rings. uh, If you had a penis uh don't you know i don't like to infer uh the messages of strangers but i feel like that's definitely part of it This has been a Talkback Podcast. That was quite a show.